0: Money FM 89.3. Best of Breakfast. Breakfast Special.
1: Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special Climate Connections.
0: My name's Oliver Steeds. I'm the director of the Nippon Foundation Necton Ocean Census. And Ocean Census's goal is to discover ocean life because at the moment we have only discovered um, at most probably about 10% of what lives in our ocean. And we know the threats that ocean life is is under and uh, many, many species are expected to become extinct. So our goal in the coming decade is to discover 100,000 new species from the ocean. Uh, Well, prior to setting up Necton and now Ocean Census, I was a journalist for many years. And the transformative change occurred when I met with a chap called Professor Callum Roberts and meeting with him and reading his book called um, The Ocean of Life. I came to a realisation pretty quickly that the ocean is, of course, the most important part of our planet. It's our life support system on our planet. It's also the least known part of our planet and the least protected part of our planet. So when I learned this, I thought that maybe um, I could deploy some of the skills which I had as a journalist and see what I could do to try and help these challenges.
1: Census has embarked on a race against time to discover and protect ocean life before it's too late. On their recent flagship expedition to the waters off Tenerife, Canary Islands, an area previously thought to be well investigated, they discovered dozens of new and potentially new marine species in just three weeks.
0: We thought this would be a good place for us to start because, which might sound counterintuitive here, but because it's, it's relatively well-researched. So there's been biological research being undertaken there for many, many years. So it's quite well-known. So when you're starting a new programme like uh, Ocean Census to go and map and discover as, as many species as you can on Earth, Obviously, having a baseline and being able to test and challenge those baselines and deploy our new approaches to species discovery are all important. So, if we could apply our new approaches to species discovery in a place well known, that might give us a sense of a) how our systems are working and how we can then I- improve those protocols and processes, of course, but also start to give us a sense of you know what there might be in the ocean, whether the the actual baseline assumption that there could be you know up to two million or so more species in the ocean whether that stands up or not and what we found on that expedition is that yeah our assumptions need to be challenged we've discovered dozens and dozens and dozens of new species there so we were really really surprised to find that many new species and those range from corals to sponges to some of the smaller little crustaceans to nudibranchs and, and all sorts
1: Samples are still being processed, but Oliver says they've already gotten more than 30 new species on record. This means a revision of the estimated scale of what lives deep in the ocean is now overdue. It's because every one of these species play a special role in the ecosystem, and right now they're at the cusp of being wiped out in the longer term due to the effects of climate change.
0: There are a couple which I'd love to share with you. The first is a sea urchin, and this is a beautiful green colour. We are finalising some of the genetic data on it, but it's pretty extraordinary um, to find these sea urchins um, in and around the canaries, but in particular looking at their importance because sea urchins are really important for the environment, for, for the ecosystem health. They're grazers of the marine environment, if you like, a bit like sheep or cows on land. Their grazing activity can create big barren areas where they kind of chew their way through seaweeds but then they are obviously controlled by predators as well so when we did down in, in Tenerife and that tells us a lot um, that there aren't too many they're obviously um, being predated on they're being eaten by other animals and therefore there is a, a very healthy environment and ecosystem so ecologically these urchins um, are extremely important and it was found on what's called um rodoliths which are calcifying um, organisms um, and they kind of look a bit like rocks when you see them but actually they're um, they're a form of algae and there are quite a lot of these beds in and around the, the canaries we also in that same environment we actually found quite a lot of sponges and this is the second um, group of species which i'd love to share a little bit about because again they're incredible animals and they're really important because they have a very high uh, diversity and they contribute significantly to the overall biodiversity um, of the ecosystem that we were looking at. They can cover quite a lot of area as well, and they take up dissolved organic matter and convert it into uh, food which other species can eat. So their function for the transformation of different states of carbon, in particular, is extremely important within the marine environment.
1: But such ocean expeditions are painstaking work. Finding new species is in part about knowing where exactly to look. Now to add on to that, special equipment is needed because humans cannot breathe underwater.
0: Uh, It's very challenging. It's hugely challenging to try and sort of go beneath the surface, even if you're a diver or to go in submersibles or use subsea research equipment. Every 10 meters you go down, it becomes another um, atmosphere of pressure. So if you're down at like 4,200 metres, which is the average depth of the ocean, you've got 420 times the amount of pressure that you have on the surface. So there's only a certain number of pieces of equipment that can really get down there and do the job. I mean, it's like trying to find a uh, matchstick in a haystack in some regard, but the way in which we undertake it varies depending depending on the area where we're operating. So for Tenerife, we had two major ways we were sampling. One was using a submersible called the Pisces 6, which has the capability of going down about 2,000 metres, although we were just focused on on the top 300 and then also using divers technical divers that could descend to depth so what we did first of all for the submersible side is to look at the bathymetry look look at the, the maps which we have of the area around tenerife which we wanted to sample on and start to see like well what do these maps tell us you know where are the canyons where are the, the little hills are there uh, undersea mountains, where are we likely to see the type of strata where animals might be living? Are there potential hidden cave systems? And we want to look at the different types of uh, topography because it's in those different types of topography where we expect to find... Uh, different forms of life uh, which might not have been able to be sampled or or known about so firstly that gives us the big snapshot second step is to then go down with the submersibles or indeed the divers um, and try and get a sense of what's actually there so visual identification so that's where we do visual surveys transects of different depths different locations which are identified then we can assess that video um, with expert taxonomists with expert um, biologists and say look you know what are we looking at here what's new what isn't are these important areas and then once we've done that assessment we can then go back and say right these are the particular species that we want to try and look at and then we try and physically sample them using from the submersible with a manipulator arm which then goes into a biobox and they're brought to the surface
1: identifying species after they're retrieved is no easy task too and that's because in many cases we're talking about organisms that are only visible to the naked eye when magnified And to cope with that challenge, Ocean Census is using revolutionary advances in cyber technology, which combine high resolution imaging, sequencing, and AI so that they can identify new species at speed and at scale.
0: We are in a biodiversity crisis. We're living in the Anthropocene era where scientists are telling us that we're going to lose the majority of life of species that we know of and species that we don't know of, life on Earth, essentially number one is we've got to discover these species before they're lost obviously but number two you know we need to try and harness and understand what lives in our ocean so it can help support and sustain life going forward You know, there is so much that we can still learn about what lives in our ocean which can support fundamental science and fundamental understanding of life on our own planet uh, for example, ocean life is critical for regulating and supporting climate regulation or oxygen production or food production, food security for billions of people, for finding new medicines to be able to tackle disease. So on and on it goes in terms of the use and the importance and the ap- application of ocean life. Um, and the reason is, is that you know we've had life in our ocean for three times longer than we've had on land. It represents four billion years of our evolutionary heritage. Species which live in our oceans now have obviously evolved from those very early forms, and we have far greater diversity of life in our ocean than we do on land. We know that the life in the ocean makes all life on Earth possible. We also know that that life is under threat like never before, uh, during this Anthropocene era where Um, In particular, fishing, um, global warming, ocean warming, and other aspects are, are causing those changes. So, yeah, it's a critical time to advance our knowledge and understanding of ocean life.
1: Beyond gathering data, Oliver emphasizes that the next critical step is converting it into understandable and actionable findings that policymakers can tap on to make informed decisions.
0: Yeah, unless we can actually translate meaningful data actionable data into policy then you know it's totally right to ask the question well so what well, you know, we found all these new things but if we can't do anything about it then all those these new species are going to be lost so we need to do something about it so one of the key anchors of what we're doing is is around data obviously data sharing on one side uh, making that data ex- far more accessible to decision makers um, but also knowing what data they need to be able to inform their decisions. So one of our our data partners are the UNEP, WCMC, based at the University of Cambridge, um, and they are tasked with exactly this challenge. It's one level it's building the data architecture around, so there is the accessibility, equitable accessibility, uh, in low, middle, and high-income nations around the world. So everyone uh, around the world can draw on this data. Uh, And number two is to ensure that the data is aligned to the policy outcomes which are The policy makers, decision makers, conservationists, scientists and others all need. So we need to step towards it. We need a a body of work. We need a wealth of information where the data can become useful. So yeah, we're a couple of years away from that, of course. We need to really build up our, our inventories and prove that we can discover ocean life at speed and scale. Then hopefully we can start contributing data at the scale which is needed. But at the moment we are building the architecture around that to ensure that we're able to ensure those outcomes can occur.
1: That was Climate Connections on Money FM
0: 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's
1: A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.